Hi, welcome to the East to West podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. We are so excited to be welcoming a member of our own community on our podcast today. I would like to introduce everybody to Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. We are so excited that we get to have this conversation with you. Uh, we recently published the happiness episode. Uh, you took a listen and it really resonated with you and you kind of shared that episode with the world and it was very impactful for you and I think for a lot of other people. And you you really said something about a connection that you made between your own personal story and what Jason shared. And we are really excited to be diving into that with you today. So thank you for joining us. Of course, I'm super excited. <laughs> All right, so before we dive in, Jason and I wanna remind the East to West Nation about some upcoming things. Our virtual bariatric meetup is coming up on Saturday, November 21st. If you guys don't know, it's actually where Jason and I met kind of random, <laughs> but it was just the best experience. I started hosting them during COVID because I felt like we needed to build some community. Jason came, he and I had these wonderful conversations kind of afterwards, and it just kind of blossomed from there. So um, if you are listening in the month of November, please do join us. Head to our website, www.east2westwls.com. And halfway down the page, you can register. It's a free event. It's just support for the bariatric community. It's no fluff, no sales, no gimmicks. It's literally Literally just support. And this month's meetup is so impactful and so meaningful because it's really about how do we survive this Bermuda Triangle of like holiday eating, right? How do we stop the barrage of people giving us crap because we're eating so little or maybe we're on the pureed stage, right? We're going to give you tips and tricks to, to get through it. We're going to share our favorite bariatric recipes for, for Thanksgiving and then just open up the floor to support uh, that, that you need. So it's gonna be a really, really great event. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast after the event has happened, don't worry, we're gonna start hosting them once a month. That is our goal. And uh, we are very excited to, to support the community uh, in this way. So we've got some really amazing things coming up. We are so excited about things that are happening in the East to West uh, weight loss surgery world. So keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram feed and our stories. Uh, and be looking for news and updates that are going to be uh, posted on our website as well, because it's just, we're super excited. And a little bit of a spoiler alert, it's probably going to involve some giveaways and some new ways for the community to connect. So we're very much looking forward to it. Yes, okay. definitely excited. It's a thing. It's a thing, which is fabulous. And I should also let, let our listeners know, if you learn in a different modality than podcasts, we highly recommend that you watch our show on YouTube. We have our very own YouTube channel. We have beautiful faces uh, for podcasts. We're very animated. We do a lot of things with our hands. So uh, if you like to watch, uh, head to YouTube and search East, the number two, West underscore WLS, the podcast. You'll find our page, subscribe. You can watch the videos, like it. You can leave us comments and feedback there. So all kinds of ways to, to get the support that, that you need from this community and from the East to West crew. So definitely check us out there too. Okay. Are we ready to dive in? Ready. Let's do it. Okay, Natalie, like I said, we are so excited that you have joined us today. And I just want to let you know that after Jason and I saw your review, we were so moved by the connection that you made with it. It was raw emotion. You, you really found some similarities in Jason's story. 
And happiness is something that I think we all struggle with. We all want to be happy. Sometimes we're not, sometimes we are, and, and it's, a, it's a moving target for us. And I think after weight loss surgery, the question that everybody asks or wonders is, will I be happy after weight loss surgery? And Jason and I, short answer is no. The long answer is yes, as you discovered. Uh, but I think in order to be happy, we really have to acknowledge the impacts that our life before surgery made uh, on other people so that we can, we can build our lives in a way that, that, that fosters happiness in our own lives and happiness in other people's lives. Because as, as you told me um, last time that we spoke, Natalie, our weight impacts other people, right? Even though we don't design it that way, we might not think about it. It just does. That is just the truth of the situation. Uh, so by you know acknowledging that and really talking about that, we can move out of a state of maybe unhappiness and, and kind of help move us into, into happiness. So when Jason and I saw you and, and the emotion that you were going through, we're like, oh my gosh, this this is somebody that we need to connect with. This is this is a story that we need to know more about. So we are so happy that very last minute <laughs> you are <laughs> you were able to join us. So I just want to open the floor to you and will you share with our listeners and with our watchers your story? Tell us, how did you get here today? Yeah, I mean, my my story is very long-winded. Um, it's definitely not a linear story by any means, um, but I have had a long history of um, battling weight issues uh, pretty much as soon as I was born. And I've gone to, um, you know, pretty much any, you know, weight loss uh, program under the sun. Uh, I've even had a previous, yeah, <laughs> yep. I've even had a previous um, sur couple surgeries. Um, I've had the lap band and I had um, a plication done um, that I thought was a VSG um, at the time. Um, Dude, when yeah. you told me that, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I'm sorry, what? You thought you had VSG years ago and it actually was not the procedure that you had done and you didn't know it at the time, right? I didn't. Um, I, I Now that I'm speaking with my mom, she says, well, now that you mention it, I think I remember her saying that she was switching over to application. And um, yeah, so it was a yeah, shock. I was like, thanks for telling me. Well, and did they, did they sell it to you as, as you had VSG or? So I was pretty young. I was about 18 when I had that done. Um, and so that's always tricky. They have a heavy involvement with their parents. And, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I was really fully aware of what was going on. Um, but for the last 10 years, I thought I've had a VSG it just didn't work for me. And um, actually when I was coming out of my most recent surgery, um, I had it done at the obesity control center in Tijuana. Um, they said, did you know that you had a placation? And I said, no. And they said, well, you did. And um, two thirds of your sutures are also, they came, became undone. So <laughs> not only did I, not have the surgery I thought I did, but it also wasn't done well. <laughs> it also so, failed miserably in the whole uh, keeping your stomach together part. Yeah, so I had a big stomach all these years and I had no idea. I thought I just ruined it for myself. Wow. So obviously a lot of those emotions that come with that. Um, well, and I can't imagine too, you know, you, you think that you've had this procedure, you see so many people 
who have successfully had it done. And then you don't feel any different after surgery. I mean, you must've thought you were like crazy, like insane. Yeah. I mean, I had no restriction. People kept asking me, well, did you have restriction? And I was like, no, like I could eat normally. And I just thought, well, it's not for me apparently. And, um, so I battled with that a lot, um, went back to dieting and things like that. And, um, ironically enough, my mom found the obesity control center, just scroll scrolling online and it just felt right. You know, just something about it felt right. Like it was my time and, um, I just took the plunge and I, and I did it and now I'm here. So, wow. That is that, the the crazy thing about that is is not only what you had to go through mentally after having a surgery like that at such a young age, mm-hmm. but to have the strength and the wherewithal after having such negative results on something so impactful to do it again or to try to do something further than that speaks volumes to your quest to get you where you are today i i can't even imagine because i know the mental situation you know the, the mental strength that's taken me to get where i am today and i don't know that i could do it again after going through what you went through and having you know having that happen and then turning out to be something completely different and then being like yeah let's give it another shot like i think i'd be like no i'm good yeah, I, I think, um, you know, this kind of goes back to the happiness aspect. Um, a, a big motivator for me um, was my grandma. She actually passed away in June and she was like a mother to me. And I remember sitting at um, my family house and we're all looking at pictures and talking about stories And I just, it clicked with me that no one talked about, oh, she wished she could have done this, but she couldn't. It was, look at all of these amazing things that she's done. And I thought, well, dang, like I want to do all that stuff, you know, but I am sitting at 400 pounds and I can't. So that was a big, that was a big motivator. And then, you know, a couple of weeks after that, my mom found this surgeon and I just thought, well, now's my chance, you know, one more time. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I would imagine that you, you must've always been thinking something's not right. Something's mm-hmm. not right. And I think <clears throat> Jason, I, you and I've kind of talked about this too, right? You, you just reach a point when you realize that your life is not getting any better if you don't do something drastically different, right? You just kind of have this realization with yourself, like, okay, shit, this is going to be the rest of my life. And it's only going to get worse if I don't do something that I've never done before. And the fact that you'd already been through a type of weight loss surgery and you just knew something nagging was in the back of your brain going, "Mm, something's off, something's off. And you continue to pursue, you know, your, your options is, as Jason said, I mean, it's, it's commendable and, you know, it's just, you know, we all get there when we have tried everything with fidelity. We have done everything right. We, you know, we're not food hoarders. We're not, you know, I mean, people battle with all kinds of things, but when the math doesn't add up, right. When, when you are an active person and, and, and you're eating 
relatively well, right? And you still can't lose the weight. And you, you're, living, you're living your life at a weight that per, prevents you from doing even normal things, right? You, you have to pursue something else or else you just commit to having a not so great life. And nobody wants that deep down. Nobody wants that. Well, and, and much like what Natalie was saying, the, the regret aspect really creeps in mm -hmm. to a lot of us. But the hard part about, I know in, in, from my side of it, the regret aspect crept in so late for me going in, having the surgery at 44 years old, you know, I, it's looking back at it, you know, April and I talk about it a lot saying that, you know, I wish I could have had it sooner, but I don't know how effective it would have been because I don't know that I was ready at the time. It was first, the, the subject was first, you know, broached with me about having it was from a cardiologist that I barely even knew. I hadn't even seen this guy, but like maybe one other time. And he come in, he came in and looked at me in the room. was like, you ever thought about having, you know, weight loss surgery? And I looked at him like, you don't even know me. And I was offended, like highly offended. Big as shit, but highly offended. Like, uh, 468 pounds sitting there barely you know hard to breathe from just sitting because you know that that takes a lot out of you just to sit there and just be you so there i am sitting there struggling to breathe and i'm like you know how dare you talk to me that way you know about me like no i'm not having surgery like i'll do it on my own and then you know cut to how many however many times we tell ourselves that nice that cute little story I'm just going to do it on my own celery and walking a bunch and I'll be thin as, you know, I'll be thin as a rail before you know it. And, you know, then you cut to it later, you know, and, and but I look at it seriously like that. Like, I don't think it would have worked for me had I had it when he said that just based on how I reacted to him telling me that. So the regret factor really does come into play, but in your case, it actually seems to have worked in the best situation possible. Yeah, I would say, you know, when I was younger, um, I had the lap band around um, a couple months before I turned 16. It's the youngest that you can have it done. Um, and it was my pediatrician who talked to my mom. And I think I was sitting at over 300 pounds at age 15. So that's, I mean, cause for concern, you know, and um that was a moment where I don't, it was kind of my decision, but I was also a little bit scared, you know, to, to do this big thing. Um, and it did work. It worked for a year. And then like many, many other people that lap band, it causes so many complications. And um, so I think, you know, at that age, like what you're saying, you, you're not sure if it would have worked. I don't know if I would have gotten the lap band now, you know, could it have worked a little better um, with me being so young? So it is, it's just kind of a, you kind of have to find your right time. And I think timing is everything. And this time was my right time. And I just had to trust my gut with that. Wow. Well, you're, you're, you're rocking it now. You're rocking and rolling now. I, I had proof. I said I want the entire surgery report. <laughs> I, don't I don't blame you a bit for that one. Yeah, I wanted, they were like, do you want a picture of your stomach? And I was like, yes. yes. I want like, no, I want, the, I want the stomach. Thank you. Bring it out yeah. to me in a bucket. I'm going to take it home, like put it in a cooler. I've seen ER. I know how this works. Give me a cooler. Yeah. I've seen grays. I want it. Yeah. They, I actually have the video 
of my surgery. That's awesome. I wish I would have got that. Player. <laughs> so I haven't watched it yet. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, well, who, I mean, we're getting to the age now where who has a DVD player? I mean, come on, you stream everything. I was like, can't you just YouTube it to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technology. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, but you're, you are so active in the bar bariatric community. If you guys have never, if you don't follow Natalie at Breaking Barriers, you should. She's freaking hilarious. Uh, her videos will have you rolling on the ground laughing. And then she has some super amazing insights because she's been through this three times now, right? Three times. So uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you want some inspiration and if you want to laugh, you should definitely uh, give her a follow because yeah, she's been through it. Been through it been through some stuff yeah a little bit so what I want to ask you is what uh, what resonated with you the most about that happiness episode what what was it that really um, got your wheels turning in terms of just thinking about your own life and your own experience it was really what what Jason had said about you don't really think about it during most of the time you know before your surgery but how much your family actually has to think about or take into consideration your size while planning things to do as a family. Um, and it got me thinking about how much of a burden that must be um, and you know how much they probably don't wanna bring it up, but it's also something that weighs on them as much as it weighs on you, if not more. Yeah. You, you shared an example about, um, or maybe it was Jason. Jason shared the example uh, about how your, your family really had to do different things to accommodate for your size. Um, mm -hmm. And somebody shared a story about zip lining, right? Or I think not only, yeah, that was you, right? Your family had, we went to Mexico and your family enjoys to do all of the things whenever you travel and zip lining was something that your family wanted to do. And I don't think you guys did it. Did you? No. Um, and they didn't, we didn't really have like a blatant conversation of like, well, Natalie can't go zip lining, but it was, uh, we, we'd like to go on family vacations and, uh, my family likes to plan in Mexico. We love, we love Mexico. And, um, we were talking about things to do and, you know, fishing, snorkeling. Um, and then someone came up with zip lining and, I think they could read my hesitation. Um, I wasn't quite at 400 pounds yet, but I was getting there. And um, they're like, well, well, we don't have to go. It's okay, it's okay, we don't have, you know, let's go to the, the cool zoo and, you know, whatever. And at the time I was kind of just like, thank you. Like, I don't really want to have to go zip lining and be all embarrassed, um, but, when I heard what Jason had said, that was the first thing that popped up into my mind was like, oh my gosh, the reason we didn't go zip lining was because of me and my size. And that's really what hit me. I was on my walk and I was almost in tears because I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. what a, what a big thing to put onto someone else. So. Yeah, and seeing when it, when I saw your reaction to it, it really it really struck a chord with me, almost in a validation way because you know April and I get messages all the time about just 
the work that we're doing, the podcast and those types of things, just as a, as a general, as a whole, nothing ever real, like parts that pointed is stuck out to them or anything like that. So hearing your review of it really, really stuck with me knowing that I'm doing, you know, that, that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing with, with our podcast and that, you know, the stories that we're telling. And, you know, that's one of the things April and I told ourselves when we started this was that we were going to be completely raw, completely uncut. We weren't going to, you know, sugarcoat, candy coat anything because the raw story is what's going to really hit people. And it took my family and, you know, we have best friends that might as well be family at this point. We do all the stuff together that, you know, since we've moved here to Florida. And a lot of that was that, you know, those, those are the conversations that, the sad part is when they have the conversation about what to and not to do based on, you know, my physical ability. But what really sucked was when they got to a point where it wasn't even a discussion. They just already knew, you know, the hurdles that it were involved with me going on whatever it was there, you know, whatever it was going to be like it was it got down to the point where the Airbnb had to be a certain size because we knew the beds would be big. It got to the point of we couldn't do certain Ubers because we knew my, I wasn't going to fit. It was, you know, it had to seat extra people than what we had for me to be able to get in there with everybody in the luggage. Like there's so much of it that, you know, you don't think about that they had to factor in. And it almost, you know, to me, it's like, well, I'm the one doing this to myself. And they're the ones having to do all the work to work around me just because of my selfish decisions that I'm making in the way that I eat like a freshly freed hostage every time I sit down at a table. So, you know, that was really a big motivation for me, not just in the changes that I was making in the kitchen and things like that, but it came a year pre-op when I automatically knew some of the stuff that I was going to have to start doing when it came time for pre-op and post-op. So like I, I quit drinking, you know, any kind of soda, any sugary, anything. I stopped all that a year ahead of time, started kind of moving around a little more, started doing things that I knew was going to be expected of me by then. So that when it really came time to dig in and hit the ground running, I was able to do that because all of those things worked as a determining factor to make this work one time and one time only because I knew I was not going to be the person that got to do this more than once. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's so hard to talk about this subject because we, we don't do it on purpose, right? We're, we're, we're not purposely trying to live our lives at a healthy weight. We're not purposely trying to, to burden our friends and families with, with our, with our size, with, with, with our health. But because our friends and family love us, they make these changes to their own lives. And, you know, without it being said, everything just kind of becomes the, the status quo. I had this experience um, a couple weekends ago with my family, my, my grandparents, I adore them to death, they're, they're still alive. And they love to see my progress. Well, my grandparents don't have Instagram. So every now and then I'll text my grandma a picture of myself, of like a side-by-side. -side. And I texted her and she commented back like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who that you know skinny person is. Well, then we saw them a few days later uh, at dinner at my parents' house. And my grandma just said, it is just amazing. I just can't believe you know, how different you look. 
helped. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And she goes, I just, I see your old picture and it just raises my anxiety level. I just get so sad. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, I was terrified. I was so worried for you. And I was like, what the hell, where is this cup Rams? What the, <laughs> you know, nobody ever said anything. And then it, we, we, this was happening as we were sitting down to dinner. And I was like, well, if you were that concerned, why the hell didn't you say anything? You know, and she's, and all of a sudden my grandma, my mom and my sister all looked down. They wouldn't look at me and they're like, oh, we just didn't want to upset you. And it's like, oh my God, you were loving me to death. You were loving me to an early grave and you can be so mad and you can be so thankful for, for their reaction to that because they love you so much that they're looking past the very clear and obvious warning sign of your size. And they are solely focusing on the best parts of you right? Which is your personality and your values and your morals and, you know, your humor and, you know, everything that makes you your, your, who you are as a person, they look beyond the, the, the red flags and they just focus on you, which is such a blessing. We clearly, all three of us have these people in our lives and not a lot of people have those people in their lives. So we have to celebrate that. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge the impact that our choices had on the people that we love. Right. And if we don't do something about our weight, if we don't do something about our health, they're going to be the ones burying us. And it's just not fun. It's not, yeah, it's not enjoyable. Um, Natalie, have you, have you thought about, you know, having this conversation with your family or is this a conversation that you just think doesn't need to be had? It's just, it's just something that, that you noticed and recognized. Well, I will say my mom has always been the squeaky wheel. She's been, you know, every couple of years, she would just say, I just wish she would revisit, you know, the weight loss surgery. It's really worrying me. And um, I would get automatically defensive. Well, it's, I don't want like, you know, coming up with some kind of excuse. No, I'll just, um, you know, work on my diet, as Jason was saying earlier. And um, there was a period of time where I did, uh, you know, try, I thought, well, VSG didn't work for me. Let's try gastric bypass. And I tried for about a year or so. I went through the, the insurance, um, hoops twice yeah. and, um, both times they denied my psyche valve and, um, which looking back, I kind of get it. I wasn't ready. And in a way it was kind of a, a sign that, you know, it wasn't my time. It wasn't the right thing. Um, but I had had those conversations with my mom and it tore me up inside. I mean, the fact that I was making my mom worry so much, but there was something inside, like you were saying, April, like just doesn't feel right, you know? And, um, as far as other people in my family, um, it might come up. Uh, I've had some good conversations already with some family members where, you know, I don't tell my, my Instagram that I use is it's public, but I haven't like advertised to my family that I have gone through this. Um, but I have had some really good conversations and you know, they say, I love you no matter what size you are, but I'm really proud of you for taking this, this massive step. So I've had 
really positive um, conversations. And I know I'm really, really lucky to have that because I know not everyone does. Yeah. Well, and, and Jason and I are always blown away. We talk to so many people who tell us, oh, I haven't told anybody that I've had weight loss surgery. And I just think, oh my God, how are you, how are you getting through this? Because it's such a big change. It's such a big process. And once you get over the physical pain of, of your surgery, now you're confronting all the emotional things that come with surgery. And oh my God, is that, that can be a really dark place. There's a lot of things that come up, you know, in that time after surgery that I, I yeah, I would have had a really hard time getting through if I didn't have my friends and family and my therapist, not to help. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Listening to, listening to the amount of people that just say, you know, well, I just say that I've changed my eating habits and I've exercised more. I joined a gym or I do this and I do that. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, well, why, who did you tell? And I'm like, every damn body. Everybody I could tell, I, I put, did a whole post on Facebook. I went live on Facebook about it. I told everybody because my ass went live on Facebook when I was fat and just sitting there breathing all heavy. When I go back and listen to my old Facebook videos, it is ridiculous because <laughs> I'm literally standing there trying to talk to people and you can hear me like, hey guys, I'm just glad to be here. And I'm like, how the hell did people sit through this? Like, this is ridiculous. And I'd be camera all up here in my face, just breathing heavy. I'm just, and so for me, it was therapeutic. Like I took, everybody was my therapist. Cause I'm like, Hey, guess what? I'm having half my stomach cut out. What's up? Like, I'm super excited to do it. I'm ready to get rolling. Like there's nine people at my work that have had the surgery done and have lost, you know, well over a hundred pounds, all of them. And I don't think any of them told anybody except one person. She, she was upfront and honest about it. And I talked to her about it before I went ahead and went through the, with the surgery for it. Cause just talking to her and the way she lost weight and how easy she's a trainer. And she was zipping all around the office when, before I knew she was having a hard time struggling, standing there doing a training for eight hours. And then I saw her just zip, just tiptoeing around the office. Like it wasn't nothing. And I'm just like, I think I need some of that movement in my life, you know, and start talking to her about it. But yeah. So to me, I was, I told her, everybody i know people probably got tired of listening to me talk about it i talk about it like i was selling out of the back of a van on a street corner okay and just to point out i just have to say this for the people watching this when jason said he was taking a video of himself he went like this like he was holding the old school camcorder like oh and i'm taking a video in a mirror of myself you are so old dude you are so Whoa. old I did it because I used to I used to hold my phone like right here to my face. And so people would hear like I'm really up on the mic, like breathing, just just sweating gravy on the phone. Just Dude, all, I imagine, all I imagine when you did this was you with one of those old school Sony. Yeah, the JVC with the with, with the wrist strap that I could put on and be like, hey, that has like the big boom mic sticking off the end of it. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I thought too. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. <laughs> no, I was like, no, you got that no. on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're like, how many times did you have to transfer that before yeah. you could get it to go on Facebook? <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's, it's funny. It's funny you should bring up the breathing thing. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we we just had lights installed on our house, and they look amazing. Uh, trim lights and my husband's so excited about them and he was like oh let me take a video of you you know with the lights and you know we can put it on Facebook and everybody can see it and I was like oh great so he's standing down below looking up at the house and you know I said something and did something and okay great 
and and then I was like, well, send me the video. Well, he sends me the video and he's like, I think we're gonna have to redo it. And I was like, why? And he's like, cause you can hear me breathing. And I was like, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, like I'm like heavy breathing. And he's like, do I do that all the time? And then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I think you kind of do. My husband's a big man uh, naturally, but he also is carrying some extra weight. And the fact that he said that it really clicked in my head because somebody, I was uh, interviewed on a, on a podcast recently, Mizu Vidu. And I just talked about my story. And one of the questions he asked me was, what's your definition of health? And I thought, uh, I think I'm healthy if I can take a video and not hear my breathing in the background. Because when I go back into my you know, deep repository of pictures and videos, you can, I can hear myself breathing heavy on, on some of those. And that's a pretty clear sign that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing when, when you look back on your old pictures and your old videos, I, I still, I, I see what I look like now and I can see what I look like back then. But when I, when I was living that, I did not see my reality. I did not see what was, what was true. And what is so crazy to me is that I think the people who love us and are closest to us, they didn't see it either because no. all of my friends and all my family, they see these side-by-sides and every time they comment, I just didn't, you didn't look like that. And, and the conversation always goes to, but I did. Yeah, I did look I like did. that. That, that, that is the truth uh, of the reality. And it, again, it just goes back to, to what we've been talking about. They love you so much that they look beyond the, the red flags. And we do too. And maybe it's for self-preservation. Maybe it's because we just couldn't handle, you know, what we look like and, and what we were doing to get there. You know, I, I think we just, we get to a point in our lives where making a change short from doing weight loss surgery is harder than just living the way that we've been living, right? Like we know that that change is going to be the most difficult thing that we've ever done. And we don't have the energy, the stamina, the tools, right? We just know that we're not going to be successful. So we get close to making the decision and then we back off and we revert to, to dealing with life, how we've always done it. Uh, and as, as you've said, and we've, and we've all said, right, you, you just have to give yourself time. If it's not something that you just can instantly go, yes, this is what I need to do you do need to take the time to really think about your procedure and, and what's going to happen because, I mean, and now that maybe, maybe you can speak to this too. I felt like I was as prepared as I possibly could have been going into surgery. I did all the research. I was seeing a bariatric therapist for six months before I underwent it, you know, surgeon interviews. And I mean, I did everything. And I woke up after my procedure and I instantly said, what the fuck have I done? And it was, it was rough. And I felt very, very well prepared. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I guess what, what, what was your, I mean, can you recall what was the moment that you, that you really made the decision? What, what was that catalyst or what, what was the, what switch happened for you to go? Nope. I I'm going to do this again. Well, um, 2020 has been a crazy year as we all know, <laughs> And, um, I had lost my job back in March due to COVID, Mm. which was pretty devastating, um, because I did really enjoy my job. I loved my coworkers. I loved my boss. Like we were really a true work family, um, true to the definition. And, um, so I lost my job due to COVID and, 
um, my grandma was really sick and um, I had spent the last year really working on loving myself and no matter what size I was at, because I've been 130 pounds and I've been 400 pounds, you know, I've been it all. So to really take the time and go to therapy, uh, you know, nourish and grow uh, family relationships, friendships, um, you know, I really spent that last year just kind of, I wouldn't say not caring about my size, but not making that the definition of Natalie, um, you know, really working on myself. And so when I lost my job in March, um, I was obviously very upset. Mm -hmm. Um, then my grandma passed away and it didn't look like quarantine was going anywhere. (laughs) And we're still there. (laughs) I mean, here we are, it's November and we're still quarantining. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my mom had been researching, she found this surgeon in Mexico. She said, I'm just giving this to you to look at. You don't have to make a decision, do some research, you know, And I was looking at this surgeon, I was looking at other surgeons, and something just kind of clicked, like, what better time than a nationwide quarantine, (laughs) a global quarantine, (laughs) to just do it, you know, I'm not doing anything else, I'm unemployed, Um, you know, I can go stay at my parents' house, and you know, I would really be stupid if I didn't take this time to change my life. And so as much as, you know, the year 2020 has this ominous, um, you know, pretty negative connotation to it, Mm -hmm. I am pretty proud of myself that I took that time to do this and, and take my life back. So I would say that was, you know, June 30th, I had a date and July 1st was the first day that I started eating well and um, just did it um, because it was the time. Wow. So that, I guess that, that sparked another question to me. So we're in a year of such great loss for a lot of people globally and in in the nation, uh, you know, everybody is suffering, Uh, but you've, you've, you have made the decision to to, to do something positive in a time of, of a lot of suffering. What, what good things or what positive things have come out of your decision? I mean, besides obviously, you know, you're losing weight and, and you're finding success after surgery, but are there other things that have uh, brought some happiness back into your life that maybe you weren't thinking what would be there? You know, what, what are the surprises? What are the positive surprises for you? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one thing that was has been really fun is um, I've been on two road trips um, there when I was in Arizona to Sedona, and I was able to just be in the moment and enjoy my family, enjoy the company, um, you know, go on walks with my family, swim with my family. I was able to not really worry about the food and um, really just kind of be like, it was during my pre-op uh, diet that I went on the first one, first trip. And 
I just, I know what I can eat and I know what I can't. And like something about that in my brain at the time was just very reassuring that I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat or stressing about what I couldn't eat or how are people going to look at me. Um, So I think the main one was just being able to be present and be able to enjoy myself and enjoy my family. And that was huge. Another one I think is that, you know, I can tell my mom is a lot less worried. And I think that's given us a chance to build our relationship more, you know, um, as I was staying there for four months, um, you kind of, you can either not like each other's company or you can kind of, you know, nurture a little bit of a relationship and not that we were ever not close. We're very close, but I think the weight aspect and the health aspect was so overwhelming for her that it was hard for us to connect. And I think that those two are, are definitely um, the silver linings for sure. I think you've said some things that, that are going to resonate with a lot of people who've, who've been through weight loss surgery. If you haven't been through surgery yet, you, you don't believe that it can happen for you. But after surgery, and in your case, during your pre-op diet, food takes a backseat for the first time ever. And literally so much time in your day and so much time in your emotion is freed up for you to do things that are, that are meaningful to you, that bring you happiness. Because for me, I've talked about this all the time, 90% of my day, 90% of my brain's capacity for thinking was dedicated to food. That's all I thought about. Mm -hmm. And after surgery, when I, when I recovered, I was sitting in my brand new house and looking around and I, and it dawned on me, it's like, oh my God, I have so much time now to do things that I want to do because I'm not thinking about food. So the weight for me not only took up physical space and and created some barriers for me in in physical aspects, but it put up barriers between the relationships between that I had with my friends and my family and my husband. It was taking away time that I could have been dedicating to doing the things that bring me joy and happiness. But food stole that. It took it away from me. And I didn't even know that it was taking it away from me. And for the first time after surgery, I felt normal. I was able to sit back and go, oh my God, this is what people experience every day of their lives who don't have a a problem with food or their weight. It's like, no wonder why the life is easier when you've, when, when you've lost weight or not even when you've lost weight, life is easier when you don't have food controlling you. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, I, I was so devastated. I was so upset because I felt like I'd wasted so much of my life and my time and I'd given my energy to food, but then I had to give myself some space and grace. And I just had to say, but you know what? I was doing that for a reason. I was trying to survive something. I don't know what it was, but my brain and my body felt that I was really in, in dire need. And this was the only way that it knew how to survive. So I had to forgive that, that piece of me. And I had to, I had to make peace with that old life. And I, I, I had, you know, I, I continue to have the glorious opportunity to now use all of my capacities for things that bring me joy and happiness and, and contribute. And you just don't, experience this until you've been through what we have been through. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that um, you just said reminded me of that. I was talking about, you know, holidays are coming up. I know you guys are going to talk about that. Um, but I was talking to my mom and I thought, you know, for the first time, I think I'm not going to have to worry about what I'm going to eat at Thanksgiving. And um, she goes, what do you mean? And I said, oh, before I would either think, what can I not eat? And I would under make my plate yeah, or, and, be miserable. and be miserable and just wishing that I was eating what other people were eating mm-hmm. or I would overfill my plate and panic about how my plate doesn't look like everyone else's and she goes I would have never in a million years thought of that and I said every holiday Christmas Thanksgiving fourth of July is really big in my family um and just going around and making sure okay does my plate look like everyone else's and I said and this year I don't have to worry about that and that well, is you so- got to develop the two you got to develop the two plate method like I did you wait till everybody's paying attention to something else and you got to go back for that second plate and that yeah. way your first plate looks like everybody else's did <laughs> the second plate after everybody's knocked out of sleep you can make it as big as you want because they're not paying attention anyway so, yeah <laughs> Oh, but isn't that, I mean, that's just crazy that that's how we used to live our lives. Yeah. Isn't it so crazy that food controlled us and dictated our joy and our happiness? I mean, oh, Jesus. Yeah, now you are so right. Yeah, because after weight loss surgery, I think the three of us, I can see we're, we're all nodding. We don't freak out about food anymore. It's just, it's just not a, not a thing. I mean, uh, yeah. The other night at my, yeah. at my parents' house, my mom, she's an amazing, amazing cook and made a phenomenal dinner. Uh, my sister brought some stuff. It was also phenomenal. And my mom made two things that I absolutely love as, as an appetizer. And, and I went over and I dished myself up a little bit and I was like, oh my God, mom, this is so, so good. And then I panicked a little bit and I was like, oh, what time are we eating? Because maybe I, I don't want to eat this because I need to eat what you've prepared, you know, for dinner. I don't want to be rude or, you know, whatever. And she just looked at me and she goes, if you want to have hot crab dip for dinner, you should have that for dinner. And it was like, oh my God. You know, it was the first time that somebody in my family had really acknowledged, I don't give a shit what you eat. I just want you to eat what, what you enjoy or eat what you need to eat. And I'm not going to judge and I'm not going to, it is what it is. And it was such a relief because I didn't, I wasn't panicked about food. I, for a little bit, I was like, oh, right. That old feeling came back and, and just to have those simple words and just to be able to know, oh, wait a minute, I am in control here. If I want to have two bites of that and a bite of that and forego dinner, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to give me shit. I literally, I sat at the table with everybody else. I dished myself up one tiny spoonful of what my sister brought. It was delicious. And nobody said a word. And I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I've made it. I can die a happy person now because it no longer controls me. Yeah. I think there's this, um, you know, when all you think about is food, you, you kind of just assume that everyone else is constantly thinking about food and when that part goes away like do I care if my mom just eats cheese and crackers for dinner no she's eating dinner that's great Mm -hmm. you know and um you know that's what I'm kind of excited for in a way for Thanksgiving because I'm like no one's going to be looking at my plate no one cares 
Nope. And that's the first time I've ever had that thought. And it's really, I think that's something that they don't, you can't really be prepared for, for post-op or these little, these little moments. So yeah, yeah, I mean. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. So let me ask you when it comes to, since you had to do the majority of this in quarantine, you had your family to kind of lean on during that time frame. but how do you keep yourself focused on not straying, not snacking, not overdoing things since we are in quarantine and, you know, let's be honest, mental stuff creeps in when you're alone, when you're just hanging out, when you got time on your hands and snacks in the house and you got stuff there to, that you could possibly go left on. How do you keep yourself motivated to not do that? Um, that's a very loaded question. <laughs> but, um, no, I think I, I touched on this a little bit in one of my stories um, when I got home that your environment can also play a really big part in your mental state. And when I lived here, I was binging, you know, I would postmate stuff. I spent so much money on postmates, like, because I didn't cook. So there's no evidence I can just throw it away. Right. Um, so I would say for me, I am just trying to recreate my environment, like change and rewire what my environment is. Um, which is not easy, but, you know, I had a couple moments where I was like, oh, I don't feel like cooking. I'm just going to postmate something. And that was the first thing I thought. And I had to catch myself and be like, whoa, why are you postmating stuff? You have eggs in the fridge. Like you have stuff you can eat. And I just thought, well, yeah, you're right. And I made myself my eggs and I sat down and I ate them. And I would say, you know, obviously I'm motivated because I've made this choice and I'm still pretty newly post-op. Um, so I can't really eat that much anyway. I could, but I, you know, make myself sick. Um, so it was kind of like a, like devil on one side, angel on the other. You could spend $40 on Postmates that you're not going to eat, or you can just like sit your butt down and eat your eggs. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, oh my God, Jason just had this exact same experience. <laughs> and what, what, and Jason, I'm, I'm going to let you sh share your story because I know what you're going to say, but I just have to say, I'm so proud of you, Natalie. And, and we're proud of all of us because we've all had this conversation, right? You, you, you get to the point in your recovery where you're like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And then those old thoughts just bing instantly, yeah. right? And because we've had weight loss surgery, because we've given a little wedge between our food and the control that it has over us and our rational thinking brains, our rational brain can all of a sudden go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And uh, it, it just hits you and you go, okay, wait a minute. That would taste delicious, but I'm going to have two bites of it. And then I'm never going to eat the rest of it. And I'm going to be so uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you start doing the math, right? You start going, well, it's going to take 40 minutes to get here. And oh my God, it's going to be $40, right? Your rational brain does this for you. And it's so easy for you to go, well, not easy, but it's easier to go, oh, fuck it. I'll just make the eggs, right? And then you eat your eggs and you're fine. You realize you are totally fine. Yeah. My, the mantra that I keep telling people, cause I'm thinking about doing tough love Tuesday. Cause I'm just so sick of seeing these. I know I'm so sick of people being like, Oh, I really want this. If you eat what you ate 
before surgery, after surgery, you are going to weigh what you weighed before surgery, after surgery. If you do the things that you did in your old life, in your new life, nothing will change. And we know that's hard. We know it sucks. We have lived through it. We're living through it. But because we have done away with our old ways and we are only focusing on how to live our lives in this new life, we have found success. And that's what you have to do. It's just, and it sucks, but it's what you have to do to, to find success. Okay, Jason, you gotta tell your story because it's, it's like, you guys are twins. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've done that a few different times. There's been times that I'll sit there and think about that and I'll jump up and do something or I've made a, a bowl like my wife, I don't remember what it was my wife made, it may have been jambalaya or dirty rice or something. And I can't even eat it, but I jumped up and grabbed a big, not, not a regular bowl, not a mini bowl. I grabbed a big bowl like I would have grabbed before surgery and filled that shit to the top and grabbed a big spoon and was like, get down time. And I turned around and she looked at me at the same time I looked at the bowl and she's like, what are you doing? And I looked down at the bowl and I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I guess I'm making you a bowl because I can't eat this shit. And I had to give it to her because I'm like, I, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I jumped up like I'm about to do something crazy. Then I went and grabbed my little turkey burger patty and cut it in half and ate my little half and went about my business. But you just, and it's the further out you go for whatever reason, even if you're dialed into what you're doing and you have no plans to, to cheat, it's just your brain, you're, you're just something about the wiring. It'll just connect like old ways and you'll jump up and just be like halfway through whatever you're doing you look at you're like it's one of those like amnesia modes you like click to and you're like what the hell am i doing mm -hmm. like how did i get in the kitchen how did i get this half a sandwich in front of me like nope cut that down and you move on about your business but it, it's funny the way it happens but yeah you you have you, you'll have some arguments with yourself uh over the time and it's it, it's pretty it's pretty normal and it's funny now, but yeah, it's, it, it was, I've done the same thing. I even downloaded, re-downloaded Postmates and I was scrolling <laughs> Postmates. And you were like, oh, we're <laughs> doing this. Like, I was like, girl, it's going to be like $40. Cause you live in Seattle and like everything is super expensive. Like uh -huh. you're going to take two bites and then you're going to be really pissed that you spent $2 or $40 on two bites. Yes. So. My, uh, my, my therapist always, you know, we, we have a lot of conversations about this because I'm, you know, I'm 16 or 17 months out of surgery and I'm amazed at how quickly my brain goes to, to those old ways. But she really described it as your old habits, your, your addiction. You have to imagine it as a super highway. And you worked for years turning a one lane dirt road into a 15 lane mega Chinese highway, right? That is, that is your, your path. And you know, getting weight loss surgery kind of takes you off of that road for a little bit. But as soon as something triggers you from your old life, you find it on ramp, you are right back on there. And it takes a lot of work to recognize, oh, okay, wait, I'm, I'm back on the highway. And you have to look for that off ramp. And that is not easy to do, but it can be done. And that is the work of weight loss surgery. When everybody, you know, when people say like, oh, it's the easy way out. You have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. This is the, this, this was the hardest decision that I could have made. The easy way out would have been continuing to live my life the way that I was living it before surgery. That was the easy way. 
This requires me to change everything about my life and to do it consistently and for the rest of my life. That's the hard, that's the hard. And people just don't, people who don't struggle with food, they don't understand that. But it's our job to, to educate. It's our job to, to, to spread the tough love. And it's our job to say, yeah, it, this is the hardest way, but it's the most rewarding. It's, it's what's gonna give you your life back. And it, it's what's going to, it's what's gonna give you the time to create the life that, that you want to live for yourself. And it's, for many of us, it's the only way that we were going to, to achieve that life. Yeah, I mean, uh, the easy part is getting your stomach taken out. Like, you get knocked out, you wake up, all right, like, cool, that's great. Yeah. The hard part is, is all of the mental stuff that comes with it. Yes, yep, yeah, the surgery does nothing for, for your brain. It does nothing for your head, does nothing for your emotions, which truly is where everything lies. I mean, yeah, there's some biological stuff. I mean, with any kind of surgery now, you have, a, you know, your, your capacity is greatly diminished and, you know, your ability to make ghrelin goes away for a while. So yeah, there's some, there's some physical tools there, but that's it. The rest of it is all up here and yeah, Weight loss surgery does nothing, not, not, nothing for your head at all, man. All right. So the last question we'd like to ask you, Natalie, is just your thoughts and reflections on happiness. So that was last week's, last week's topic. And it got a lot of people thinking, we'd like to know what is your definition of happiness? Yeah. You know, it's something that I think is like you guys say, it's ever changing. It's um, evolving with the times and with, with your growth. Um, for me, it's, it's being content with who I am as a person, um, as a whole. So, um, you know, yes, my size, all of that comes into play, but also my health, um, you know, how I treat others, um, my relationships, it, it's being that overarching discontent and looking around and saying, this is it. And I'm okay with that. And it's something that I've struggled for a long time with, you know, looking around and saying, yep, I live in a little tiny place and, you know, that's okay. I have my dog. I love my family. My family loves me. Um, and just being able to, to appreciate all of that at once. Um, that's, that's really what is making me, me happy right now. I love it. What, uh, what, what, what are you doing every day or every week to, to foster your happiness? Or, I mean, clearly you're, you're checking in with yourself often about how you're feeling, right? Uh -huh. Your contentness, content, uh, being content. Uh, what do you, what are you doing every day or what are you doing every week that, that's helping you maintain your level of happiness or even grow in your happiness? Yeah. So, um, I've read a few books recently, um, about gratitude and how practicing daily gratitude can really change your mindset. And so I bought a daily gratitude journal um, off of Amazon and um, I'll, I'll link it with you guys. Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah. But the way that it's set up is it's prompted. So it's not just like you're facing a blank page. Um, it says, you know, today is, you know, this date, what I'm thankful for today, how I'm going to practice my gratitude today, um, those kinds of questions. And then at the evening time, it says, this is how I practice gratitude today. This is what made me happy today. 
Um, this was my mood today. So it's a mood tracker as well. And then it has extra notes and things that, you know, I can use to write down triggers or anything like that. And I started using that um, in August and I've consistently, I've missed a couple days, but for the most part, consistently made a point in the morning to just have my, my tea, sit down, reflect. And then before I go to bed, again, I have some tea and I reflect. And I will say that that has really changed my mindset um, to really take the time to sit down and, and reflect on my day because I'm, you know, 26. That doesn't come easily with being in your 20s mm-hmm. with Instagram and YouTube and everything like that. And um, just making the, the intention to ground yourself twice a day. I think that's really been helping me a lot. Wow, that's a really powerful ritual. Yeah, I've seen there, there's a lot of people I, I struggle with finding a ritual. Uh, I, I know I think it really would benefit me as as it has for you. But a lot of people that that is that is what grounds them. And just being able to to take the time to check in with yourself and have an honest conversation with yourself is, is something that we don't often take time to do. Mm-hmm. So that's fascinating. Have you you ever found a day or a moment where you find it difficult to come up with gratitude and and what what do you do on those days do you do you just say like oh I can't find anything and right now but that's okay or how do you how do you get past that yeah I think for me I'm a I'm a processor um I still kind of talk when I shouldn't sometimes but I for the most part I try to process things and it sometimes I'm a quick processor. I'm like, yep, today was great. Or nope, today sucked and blah, blah, blah. Um, But there have been some evenings where I go to sit down with my journal and I'm like, I can't write anything. Like, I just, I can't process this right now. And so then I get up in the morning and I write last night's. I still make a point to write it and fill it in because I still think that that's very important. Um, but it doesn't always happen in the moment. And, um, I think giving yourself that grace is really important because I used to just get so frustrated. I can't tell you how many half written journals I have. Like I just get frustrated and being able to just say, that's okay. You don't have to write it right now, but just make sure you fill that in at some point. Um, so, you know, that's how I get through it is just, okay, yep. You can't, you can't fill it in right now. That's fine. Maybe try again tomorrow or I've done it like days later, you know, yeah. um, but making sure that I still fill it in. Wow. Well, that, that honesty with yourself about, you know, knowing when it's time to write stuff and when it's not time to write stuff, allowing yourself the leeway to not write it at the time, but also, having the fortitude to go back and make sure that those days are filled in before you start on the next day, that you're able to recall those things or think about it in a different way. You know, a lot of times that that time away will shift your thought process on something and you're able to find a silver lining after the fact that you weren't able to find before. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you're able to do that, I think will lead to more truthful inputs in your journal in your journal 
Whereas before, if you were just trying to figure something out to put something down so that the, you know, the square is not empty, it's not always going to be as truthful as it is. If you give it time to actually marinate on what you're thinking about, you'll be able to find a true silver lining or something that's deep enough that, that you can find gratitude in that. And I think that, you know, that kind of speaks a lot to everyone's journey in weight loss surgery as a whole. You can look at it as another mountain you've got to climb, or you can look at it as a day-to-day journey that you're going to be on, and you can find the little nuggets here and there that are going to be impactful to you and that are going to be bright spots, or you can focus on all the stuff that's so hard after weight loss surgery, and you can drag yourself down into the pit of despair, and then you've got that to deal with. So now not only do you have this mountain to climb for weight loss surgery, but you've got to start not just at the bottom, you have to start below the bottom because of how low you've let yourself get, focusing on the negativity, you know, then you've got all that way to go to get over, you know, uh, a mountain that should have just been a molehill at the, at the, you know, at the end of the day. Your, your, your effort is, is commendable. And I think it's so great that, you know, you're, you're just trying different things and seeing what works. And clearly you've seen that that has, that's made a a really big impact on, uh, on your life. And like my, my uh, tagline also for this, for the year after surgery was space and grace, right? We did, we have to give ourselves the space to grow and learn. Uh, We either have to ask for it or we just have to take it and we have to give ourselves some grace. We, we, we have to, we, we, we have to know that, you know, it's not going to come easy and that we have to forgive ourselves when it doesn't happen exactly to, as planned, but we, we can commit and we can follow through and, and, and we can do what's best for us. Space and grace, space and grace. I love that. Uh, it's my favorite, I think so far. I've got, I've got a few favorites, but that's, that's gotta be one of the top ones. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, and I will just remind our listeners and our viewers, um, Jason and I kind of have a really easy four-step process, I guess, that you can walk yourself through uh, to kind of help you grow in your happiness or identify what will make you happy and then work towards it. So if you're interested in learning about what we recommend, check out episode 15. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's just basically coming up with your own definition. And then it is identifying what that looks like and feels like for you, making a game plan and executing it and then checking in with yourself. Very similar, very much like what you've done, Natalie. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to know that, that those steps are meaningful and and can really um, help us get to a place of, of daily happiness in our lives Mm -hmm. for sure. So if you're interested in that, check out that episode. So b- before we say our goodbyes, Natalie, is there anything else that you would like to, to say or talk about or I- anything else that you want to s- send out to the world? Um, mostly, um, I'm really working hard to um, create a supportive uh, environment, just like um, yourself and Jason. And um, I've created a, a, a way to do that. I think um, I have a weight loss surgery um, Venmo challenge going on um, that I'm trying to start, um, and I'm, I'm taking donations. Um, people can apply to um, to this, uh, basically saying, you know, I need help with vitamins this month, or I'm trying to put a p- deposit down this month for surgery, and because we all know how expensive it is, and um, I'm trying to raise money for that, and I'd like to draw a couple uh, winners on my birthday, which is in November 22nd. So all of that information is on my page and it's also linked in my bio if you wanted to check that out. Um, but we're really close. Um, we're at about $500 right now. 
And I just want to keep going and keep telling people that, you know, this is going on. And I just want to create a, a really cool space for the community. Oh my God, that is amazing. I had no idea you were doing that. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah awesome. I'm trying to get the word out. It's just me, but, um, you know, just trying to, to share it um, every couple of days and, and things like that. But I mean, I know how expensive surgery was for me. I'm sure you guys can attest to that as well. And the maintenance after surgery, the protein powders, the mm. vitamins, uh, you know, everything. So mm. uh, just trying to make a space for that as well. Wow, that is amazing. What what a meaningful way to impact this this community. I mean, wow, that is awesome. I, wow, that that just <laughs> makes my, my heart so flipping happy. Well, we will share your mission on every platform that we can possibly reach. Uh, and we'll link it on our website too. That would be awesome. So people that, that if they're interested in, in donating and maybe they're not on Instagram, they can connect with you via our website. That, uh, yeah. So when you, I, I'm assuming you're going to be updating the community on, on who you have, who you've helped out and, oh, I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jason and I are always talking about that. We're like, man, these companies are making bank because this protein, I mean, they, they think highly of this protein powder. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, just my vitamins every month um, are about $120. So, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm on unemployment, you know, so I know it's hard and, I've had a lot of people ask me how I can afford things. And, and um, so I just felt like there was a need and I wanted to, to try to, to help there. Wow. That is awesome. Well, we are, we're happy to support. We're happy to spread, spread, spread the, the word and, uh, and grow your fund because that is a really great way to support this community. Definitely. Thank you. Wow. Freaking awesome. All right. Well, Jason and I, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today. We always leave these conversations with like just aha moments and, and new learning. And we know that it's not easy to share our stories. We know it's difficult to talk about, talk about some of these things, but we firmly believe that the more that we talk about these things, the more we normalize our experience and the more, um, open and honest our, our community can get. And we, we are here to just destigmatize weight loss surgery, to let people know that this is safe and effective and, and there is a safe place for, for you to seek out support uh, if you need it. So your sharing your story only, only helps grow that mission. So thank you very much for joining us. All right, you guys. Uh, oh, a week ahead. I forgot we wanted to ask this. Uh, so what, what are we focusing on this week that's related to our weight loss surgery experience? So what, what are we going to be yeah, paying extra attention to or what, what are some goals that, that we're going to be working towards this week? Natalie, what's on your, your to-do list? Yeah, so for me, it's um, uh, getting settled back at home and making sure that my home is equipped with things that I need like protein shakes and, um, you know, workout equipment. Um, I have some like resistance bands coming in the mail. So, um, you know, I had a lot of stuff, um, at my parents' house in Arizona and just kind of coming back to what kind of feels like bare bones, um, and trying to kind of build that back up again. But I would imagine that, that that's got to be a good feeling. You kind of get to start from scratch again and you really get yeah. to build your space to be perfectly equipped to, 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 for, for your success after weight loss surgery. So that's kind of exciting. You get to like, yeah, do something new. 
Yeah, it's really special. Um, I've been waiting. My protein shakes should get here tomorrow. So my protein intake has been um, kind of a struggle this week. Mm. Um, I've been not really eating any vegetables, which I'm like excited to once I have my protein shakes, get some greens back in and stuff. Um, But yeah, it's, it's exciting to kind of fill everything out again. Awesome. I love it. Jason, my friend, what's, uh, what are you focusing on this week? That's weight loss surgery related. Water, just more water. I'm trying to hit the gallon. I have, I've, I've, I'm so close. I'm so close to the, I'm, I can't say I'm close. I'm, I'm basically hitting the gallon, but the way I refill my jug, it's never, I don't let it ever get empty, but with the amount that I empty out and then fill back up and empty again, I'm at a gallon. It's just never empty in the jug. So, because it takes so long to cool it off, and let's be honest, room temperature water is gross. I don't play that. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still just trying to make sure that I'm getting the gallon in every day. All right, that's a good goal. Uh, I am focusing on uh, time management and tracking, and how that's related to weight loss surgery is that I, if I get too busy, I tend to not, I let other things slip and slide. And uh, that means my food and my water. So I'm going to work on my time time management. I'm going to make sure I build in breaks to eat, you know, like legit meals and not just sip all of my nutrition Uh, and tracking the, I swear the, the reason that I lost five pounds this week was because I, I tracked, I didn't track every meal. I didn't track everything, but I tracked at least one thing a day. And I was aware and cognizant of what I was taking in. So I'm going to continue to, to focus on tracking and then I'm going to add in time management. I'm really going to work on chunking out my time and, and see, see how that goes. So awesome. Well, it sounds like we are all prepared for a very strong and positive week ahead. That makes me, that makes me happy. <laughs> All right. So next week, you guys on the episode, we are diving into us versus food. That was supposed to be this week's episode, but we had such a meaningful uh, conversation uh, with Natalie that we, we, we wanted to bump it around a little bit, but uh, us versus food is going to be super powerful because we are talking about um, how we can kind of get through this food centered time of the year uh, and and feel accomplished and feel in, in control. So we're just going to be talking about how, how are we going to survive the holidays and, and, and how we, maintain our feeling of control. Uh, It's going to be a really good conversation and hopefully everybody will leave with some tips and tricks uh, to arm themselves during this this food-centric time of year. So we're very excited about, about that episode. All right, my friend, I think we did it. Sounds like it. (laughs) <laughs> we always say every episode we're like oh man okay we, we really gotta like just we're gonna keep it you know under a certain time limit and it never happens and i'm so glad that we don't because there's so much meaningful conversation that happens when you just talk with people uh-huh. just to talk with people so we can't thank you guys enough for listening or watching if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoy past episodes please like it share it offer us a review just like what Natalie did so we know that that it has resonated with you. Uh, You can find us on all of your major podcast players and we would appreciate a a written review or again send us your feedback if you like what you're hearing if you like what you're seeing let us know and if there's a topic that you feel you would like us to explore or dive deeper into also please do uh, please do let us know that. Our website is live. That's where you can register for the virtual bariatric meetup. And we also do a shout out Sunday. So every Sunday, we just celebrate the success of somebody in our community. It is not a paid thing. 
It is not like for us to sell anything to you. It's literally us saying, let us celebrate your accomplishments with this community. So if you would like to be featured on our shout out Sunday, it's so easy. Just head to our website, scroll down. There's a big header that says shout out Sunday. You enter in some information about your journey. Uh, Becca will reach out to you via Instagram and get a side by side. And then literally on Sunday, we're going to post your story. We're going to celebrate you, tag you, uh, just because we, we want the community to, to celebrate you and your hard work. So please get featured. We love to feature people. So just head to our website and, uh, uh, and register there too. And on our website too, you can find everything. There's links to the podcast, to the, to the vlog, to the, this video, there's links to the, uh, the, the content that we produce. Uh, we're, we're, we're working to develop some new recipes. We're parting with people. Yeah. We just got all kinds of things, um, uh, in, in the work. So please do, um, check us out there. We, we would very much appreciate it. Yes. I think we did it. Awesome. So. All right, you guys. Well, as always, we, we appreciate your support. We, we appreciate you, you, you being a part of this community. Just know that, that you are the, the best part of this community. Yeah, hundred percent. We, uh, uh, we can't uh, thank you guys enough for all the support that you've given us and continue to give us. Um, Natalie, we thank you so much for all that you've done in this, in this amount of time. Uh, we look forward to, uh, you know, having you around a lot more. And other than that, uh, just remember, guys, that uh, you've got this and we've got you. I love it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.